0: In the 90s, wrestling was at its hottest. You had the Monday Night Wars where WCW was beating WWF 83 in a row. Vince McMahon had to come up with an idea. He hires Vince Russo and the two sit down and create the Attitude Era. Chair shots to the head, sex, crash TV. It was one of the biggest and best times to be a professional wrestling fan.
1: The attitude era was a big deal, a part of my life since I was about a young, a young baby at the time. Though my name is Christopher Downs, I am. Everyone calls me Chris Downs on the uh, All Lead Zone podcast, and uh, yeah, the attitude era was uh, was you know one of the greatest things that ever happened in a in a child or adult's life, though, and all that. But even though I was only like uh, two or three years old when the attitude era was. First, came into the business how it came it came together because I first watched the uh, WWF or now WWE back then when uh, my uh, late uncle Ricky uh, Ricky Rakestraw showed me the uh, the wrestling business when I was a young kid and I fell in love with the professional wrestling all my life featuring starting with WWE, WWF, TNA, ECW and now here we are AEW. The first thing that came together, I remember the time on uh, I think it was SummerSlam 2000 when uh, when, when fan when my mom's side of the family and friends well taking with my mom's friends we all watched SummerSlam 2000 even I was only about uh, probably about three about four maybe five years old at the time. I remember everyone watching The Undertaker versus Kane at SummerSlam 2000. It was the Undertaker representing the American badass and uh, Kane just wanted to become a monster during the gimmicks and all that. And at that time, when we were watching it though, my mom and everyone was so surprised seeing the Undertaker unmask Kane at SummerSlam two thousand. So yeah. Yeah, that was a yeah, the Attitude Era was one of the was one of the uh, the greatest uh, the greatest things that ever happened to me in my life and all that. And I would like to thank my great uncle, Ricky Rakestro, my late great uncle who's in heaven right now to, uh, who got me into professional wrestling
0: with must see TV. Vince Russo was the head of creative alongside Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Vince Russo would come up with some of the greatest ideas in professional wrestling. He would bring on some of the greatest matches and the must-see tv that you would see week for week during the attitude era there was a lot of ideas some good a lot bad and some of them even would destroy the lives and careers of the sports entertainers that he was writing tv for
2: this is justin from Aez canada and when i think of the impact that vince russo had on professional wrestling um, he took the formula of Crash TV that you would see on such shows as Jerry Springer and Mori Povich and he brought it and integrated it into professional wrestling um, in both the best and worst ways possible. Vince Russo created some of the best and worst storylines and best and worst matches in history. Um, some of the greats I can think of are segments such as This is Your Life um, with integral in the Austin-McMahon storyline which obviously projected to business to heights it's never been at before but then he also created such things and responsible for such matches as Cannon from Hell and of course the Brawl for All the Brawl for All being probably one of the worst ideas in the history of professional wrestling, having two wrestlers legitimately fight and there are many many injuries that did so much damage to the business Um, and someone such as Dr. Death Steve Young who obviously the whole thing was geared towards his career was never the same as a result of the brawl for all. The brawl
0: for all would come to its official end, having wrestlers have their careers shortened or ended due to the real-life shoot fighting. Inside the WWF locker room, you would start to see more ramifications due to these injuries sustained during matches and events like the brawl for all. People wrestlers would turn to drugs, alcohol, and other narcotics to help suffice the pain. What is the cost? Of our wrestlers To keep their spot on the card
3: and When you speak about Wrestlers getting hurt uh, you, have to, you have to know that In the back of your mind That uh, a good 75-80% to 80% Of active wrestlers today Are working hurt And uh, it's uh, it's not one of those things You're going to escape If you're going to get into that ring Eventually you're going to get injured That's just how it goes It's like getting on a motorcycle Eventually you're going to fall uh, I mean, it comes with the territory, uh, and you know, like they say, it's not badly, which can also be, you know, a cause of most of the drug use because a lot of the times they get addicted to these pain pills, you know. Uh, I know for me personally, when I played football, I had, uh, I, I really got bad on soma's personally, and uh, basically I had to wean myself off them. For those who don't know, soma is a pain reliever that a lot of athletes and uh, wrestlers take. And um, back in my day, back in the day playing football, I was popping somas like M&Ms. So yeah, I mean, whenever you're you're in a line of work that that your your body is always on the line, there there's always a chance of drug use and drug abuse. Uh, I know, for me personally, you know, I've had to wean myself off of pain relievers uh, back when I was playing sports. So I've been there. Uh, but I mean, there are so many wrestlers that die, so that have died so young uh, because of drug use. Uh, you know, Louis Pacoli. I mean, you know, Mike Austin, Mr. Perfect. Uh, you know, uh, you think about Miss Elizabeth. I mean, they they all took prescription pills and overdosed. Uh, there's also a lot of rec- there was also a lot of recreational drug use, in, uh, you know, also as well. But I think, honestly speaking, I think today in today's uh, in today's business, uh, in in the talent that we have these, I mean, uh, you know, sure you still have you still you, you know you still have your prescription problem, but you know, uh, recreational drugs, I don't think is really a main issue in wrestling. I think the main issue is is probably those prescription drugs. That's just my opinion.
0: Wrestlers gave up everything to be at the top of the card in the WWF. One wrestler in particular would fall to his death at the 1999 Over the Edge pay-per-view. Owen Hart, one of the most dedicated professional wrestlers to ever step foot inside of a wrestling ring, would fall to his death after a stunt gone wrong.
4: When you're talking about the attitude era, it's hard not to bring up Owen Hart. Uh, Owen Hart was a big part of the attitude era. Uh, probably been a more bigger part if uh, this incident wouldn't have happened. You know, uh, if you guys have watched Dark Side of the Ring, they say that even Bret Hart said that he did not want to do the. Uh, he was the Blue Blazer, the Blue Blazer, I believe. And his, uh, interest was him coming from the ceiling like you would see Shawn Michaels do. Uh, Sting did it a few times in WCW. Uh, that was a big impact on the Attitude Era. Um, at the time, I believe Red Heart was in WCW, uh, which he left. Uh, so it had been, I wish he would have been there to, uh, prevent that from happening, maybe. Uh, but, uh, the show continued and, uh. Not a lot of people thought the show could, should have continued when a wrestler just died in the ring. Uh, but he was a big part of the Attitude Era. Not just that incident, but he had a lot of good matches. He was a Continental Champion. Uh, he did a little bit during Attitude Era. A lot of his stuff was during the Golden Age of uh, the Golden Era. Uh, but he did have a lot of good moments in the Attitude Era. With the Hart Foundation. Uh, he, won, he won multiple championships. But yeah, uh, when you talk about the Attitude Era, you have to bring up Owen Hart.
0: Though the Attitude Era would be fondly looked upon as one of the best eras of professional wrestling, multiple wrestlers would have their lives severely impacted by the actions made by the promoter and other wrestlers during the Attitude Era. The question hangs over our heads. Was it worth so many of our favorite wrestlers, their lives, their injuries, and their well-being? On tonight's episode Dark Side of the Lead Zone, we'll be looking back at the Attitude Era. Was the cost of fame worth it for the spot on top of the card? Welcome, everybody, to the Elite Zone. Hope you guys are ready to talk everything in the Attitude Era. It's going to be a very fun show as we discuss the dark side of the Attitude Era. Uh, Tonight, I am joined by two of the greatest Minds of the All Elite Zone podcast. First, I have the Charlotte Flair, the Becky Lynch. She is the phenomenal Emily.
5: What's up, guys? It's great to be on here discussing one of the best eras in wrestling. I cannot wait to dive in.
0: Oh, man. It's so good to have you back. We missed you on here. People ask about you. Guys. Every day. So glad to have you back, Emily. We look forward to having you and hearing your opinions tonight. Next, we have everybody's fair producer. He is the Tony Khan of the All Elite Zone podcast. He is the Bret Hart. He is the leader of the cult of personality aholics. He is everybody's favorite ringleader, Connor.
4: That's good to be on now. That intro is really really good. Uh, Yeah, man. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff about the attitude. After you can. This could be a twenty-four hour live stream if you wanted it to be. Oh my gosh! But we're uh, not, and... not going to be over that long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is going to be a good one.
0: I am super excited for this one. Um, there's a lot of great things we're going to talk about. Talk about some controversial things that happen. Um, Some wrestlers are going to be talking about, of course, tonight as well. On the bullet points I have for us, um, man, there was a lot of things that happened during the Crash TV era of professional wrestling, and. You know, looking back at it you know there was a lot of great moments that you know you still see in WWE video package to this day of the talent that they had and the, the moments and man what an impactful moment in wrestling history I, this was the biggest money maker for WWF aside's of course right now because it's Saudi but think about it there they made the most money they had the most fan tenants most pay-per-view buys. Literally, like Chris, you know, in the intro was saying, think about families were glued to their TV sets. Even though it was, you know, centered towards kids and adults, people Mm -hmm. were watching the Attitude Era.
4: Yeah. uh, They were targeting, uh, was no kids, teenagers at the time. Uh, (laughs) You'll never see that. Uh, At least in WWE, AEW kind of a little bit. They they target adults and teenagers a little bit, I guess, but WWE is more of uh, kids and stuff like that now. But a lot of the stuff that they got over, you'll you'll never ever ever see again on TV, uh, or at least on WWE television. Uh, it made for great TV and uh, made Mister Men happy in his in his wallet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very true. You know, <laughs> it was probably not the best time um, for women's wrestling
4: no (laughs) definitely (laughs) uh, not the wrestling part i guess you'd say but uh there was a few good women's matches but it wasn't like it is today you know
5: no
0: unfortunately um we'll get to the point later but there was a specific (laughs) match type unfortunately that looks very frowned upon now with modern wrestling. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that here in a second.
5: can't imagine um, which one you're talking about. I wonder. Hmm. Oh, there's
0: a lot of them. There's a lot. Well, yeah, that's true. There's you know, but looking at it as we get started, why don't we kind of just go off real quick people in the comment section um, as well. I want to hear what you guys have to say, but um, let's first talk about like, what was your like first like standout moment when you think the attitude era, what moment and match
5: do you see? Oh, man. I mean, personally, I just equate the Attitude Era with my childhood. It's so much nostalgia. So many memories of my childhood are me and my brother watching it. And to be honest, my parents were sort of the opposite of what you heard in the intro there, where they They kind of thought it was very scandalous very you know not for kids tv but of course as soon as you tell your kids that that's the only thing they want to watch so my first memory was seeing biker taker and i just like could not get over how badass he was and i'll never forget how like kids on the bus used to do like the suck it stuff all the time and we thought we were so cool we had no comprehension of what we were actually doing but it was just the auto response the auto comeback to everything was suck it or people imitating biker taker on their like really like the little bikes that they had little tricycles everybody thought they were so cool doing the imitations but it's just everything childhood wise like you can equate it back to like i remember where i was then
0: definitely like for sure you know a, i see a lot of tiktoks all the time of people just going back and just remembering like what it was like to be a kid in the hallway nice. and just telling your teacher to suck it you know <laughs> <laughs> it's like it well, over uh, well. Uh, <laughs> yeah you're probably gonna get detention yeah. for it but hey at the time you know people didn't care it was re- it was still real to them you know yeah
4: hey, my, uh, my uncle lived to the <laughs> He wore a few shirts to school that uh, the Austin 316 says, I just kicked your ass shirt. He, and he wore a lot of these shirts. There. He, and he never got in trouble for it. I don't know how, but he, he never got in trouble. But at, at, during that time, you can get away with stuff. But you wear that these days. You're going home or you have to change your shirt.
0: You know, um just kind of thinking about just Stone Cold Steve Austin in general. Like I think if you didn't have St- Stone Cold, I don't think the Attitude Era would have been has po- you know been as popular. Because think about it, there'd be times you'll be sitting there and you know he'll come out with a beer truck on a zomboni, and ATV. He would he would just his little head you know nod I'm like what you sorry son what what, what? You know, give, me no. yeah. <laughs> give me a hell yeah give me a hell yeah the comment section give us a hell yeah if you're digging this episode so far
4: he was still do that chant to this day that's what it chant
0: it's crazy like just to think about how much of an impact just the simplest things that stone cold yeah. did yeah. yeah him and then of course him the rock too um because daniel his fair match from um Banter was rock versus austin oh classic yeah oh, man and just just looking at it and oh, like it's such a classic, such cl- like a lot of matches with him were classic. Because yeah. I, I remember when Bret Hart put Austin in the Sharpshooter and Austin is just drenched in blood. Oh, they
5: still use that in like every because hi- it's the like perfect shot yes. of like it just dr- like talk about you know they say wrestling's fake and I'm like yeah. Does that look fake to you?
0: <laughs> yeah, does that look fake, people? Huh. It's it's not ballet.
5: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when people say wrestling's fake, you really need to show them stuff from the attitude era. Yeah, like I mean, some of that fine. stuff. I mean, like, talk about chair shots right off the bat. I'm like, oh, yeah, that you look back at some of those chair shots, and I'm like, how in who in the right mind to prove that?
4: No, any chair and, shot with yeah. the Undertaker looked pretty bad. He the knew best. how to swing it like JBL too. I remember he did, uh, Eddie Guerrero. It was like a gunshot went off in the place. It was so loud.
0: Oh, ah, man. Um, if you're gonna talk headshots, you know, you gotta look at, um, Mick Foley. Mick Foley took a lot of freaking headshots, man. Look at his name.
5: That's a national treasure. He
4: (laughs) He probably took the biggest, he probably took the biggest bump out of probably just about every wrestler of all time. Uh, well, maybe it's Shane McMahon, maybe. No.
0: <laughs> Shane McMahon had a crash pad. Shane McMahon. Well,
5: I'm
4: not talking about the cage. I'm talking about the uh, SummerSlam when he was on top of the, the. Uh, what did they used to call him, like the stage? Titan TitanTron? Like, yeah, he climbed up all oh, the way. Oh, that's right. Night. I
0: forgot he went off the TitanTron. There are times
5: but, we, I wonder if he's okay to this day. I'm like. You good? Like Shane, you good. And then after yeah, I WrestleMania, know. I was like, Oh, he's not good. Okay. Um But
0: he, yeah, he Mick tears Foley. his ACL when he goes in the go, just jumps
5: in the ring.
4: But I mean, but out of the attitude era, Mick Foley <laughs> took the biggest bumps ever, probably. Have probably you guys of all time. His book,
5: uh Have a Nice Day. I have not.
4: I, it's I gotta, so
5: good he he talks about how one of he, he felt like his one of his biggest strengths anyway. He had many of them, but one of his biggest strengths was his resistance to pain like I guess he just didn't feel it as much he's like oh you know like he told his first trainer or something like the elbow drop is my signature move and the guy kind of looked at him like yeah big wow everybody does that he's like no, no no on the cement and the guy looked at him he's like oh okay <laughs> so he he just had like a tolerance for pain and I think he just I mean even just in that one match with the cage match with Taker like I still remember thinking to this day, I was like, this man loves the business. Like, he, he gave his heart and soul, blood, sweat, and tears. I know a lot of people have, but like, damn. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, if you look at it too, you know, speaking of headshots and Mick Foley, I think he's probably suffered, probably the, out of the mo- most wrestlers, at least nowadays. Yeah. But of course, yeah. DDP has been his savior and actually has got him like back walking upright almost. Yeah. And it's crazy to think, but we were talking headshots. It's his, uh, I can't remember what, uh, pay-per-view it was from, but it was when, um, it was rock versus Mick. Yeah. And just those chair shots that the rock did. And just like, those were like Mick on his podcast, even said that those were like the worst head, like chair shots that he ever took to the head, but he had to make it most believable handcuffed. And just like, you had sympathy for the craziest man, probably besides from Brian Pillman on the WWF roster, you got sympathy for mankind.
4: I know one of those matches, uh, we were talking about me and Emily was a thing. There's a VHS over to Matt and it was in front of his kids. One of these matches, uh, then we're crying. It, was, it was a little Noel Foley and, uh, but his son's name. Dewey Foley or is that his son's name. Uh, his wife took his kids out of the arena because they were crying and everything.
5: They don't know. I because mean, like it's what daddy does for a living. I would be a mess too if I didn't. Yeah. Well, they
1: had not- so
0: yeah, his kids like ha- like were hearing about him falling off the cage because all they saw yeah. was at the end was just him beat up and oh, bloody God. and on on vacation after it.
5: Right.
0: And the basically the, the kids at school were like, dude, did you see what your dad did?
5: <laughs> and like, and they basically
0: <laughs> made him show the kids his match, and they just could not believe he survived it.
5: And that is he what is given a uh, lot.
4: <laughs> and then he got up on the cage again, and then went through it.
5: Not many people could
0: say they felt you know have, have fallen from that height twice in one night. And I don't know, like, what would be worse to land on a ring or the padding outside near the announce table.
4: Probably and did the, the ring
5: have tacks in it, too, or something?
4: There
0: was tacks, yep.
4: Yeah. Just, I believe his tooth got stuck up in his nose at that one. Yeah.
0: did lodged up in his nose and just, just that bloody, oh. like, oh.
5: It's
4: gonna,
5: There's like a <laughs> diagram in one of the old wrestling magazines of him where they just like it's just his body, and they just draw lines to every single injury
0: he's had. It just goes all the way around. It's 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 crazy the, the amount of pain that man went through. So respect to McFoley, you know he's he is legit the toughest man probably that ever laced up a pair of boots in a ring.
5: Well, you know what's funny too, and this is like a little side tangent for a second here, but um, I a few years back, my girlfriends were all watching uh, Say Yes to the Dress because one of them was getting married. <laughs> and he showed up on us yes to the dress episode what? And, the no way. and i lost like nobody else got it and i felt like the most awkward nerd kid but i was like that's book big Ball, Hey, like I lost my mind him amongst all these bridal gowns looking so lost <laughs> what a man i love that guy oh my gosh
0: well <laughs> yeah makes makes a character for sure and uh we might have to do a special Christmas-themed episode and talk about him being Santa during Christmas.
4: Mr. Socko has
5: got to make a guest appearance. Too. Mr. Socko, yes. Mr. Socko. I don't know if he still
4: does it, but uh, I remember in uh, Holy Foley, it was on the WWE Network. <laughs> Nine Ninety Nine. Uh, it was. They did two seasons. That every every uh, room in his house is a different holiday. So in one room it was Christmas, and it was th- it was Halloween. Another I thought that was pretty cool.
0: He's that a holiday man yeah you know oh go ahead my bad no you're good good sorry let me catch off
5: no no worries i was actually gonna when you mentioned stone cold um a few minutes ago i was actually gonna comment on how um i think what made it work so well was in some ways vince embracing himself a little bit on camera because to this day like i know there's today i think there's dominic mysterio there's don Callis, there's all the people we know today as the bad guys christian cage and they're all fantastic but still to this day i can't shake off that like i with with every passion i know everybody just hated vince so much oh, yeah. he was like the ultimate bad guy of that era like literally the corporate boss who tries to control the little man tries to control everything and steve austin was the badass worker who just did not take any of it,
0: how many times did Vince McMahon get stunned? Because I think of all the people that have took a yeah. stunner, Not he's enough. gotta be the one that has
5: sold <laughs> the best. You've been so <laughs> that's all I can think of is the one at WrestleMania two years ago, and i like, I've just died because it looks so funky. And
4: Vince still is- those years.
0: You know, if you think about cost it,
4: too- him, cost him that one title shot, and he just stuns him for years and years and years and years. <laughs>
0: Don't mess with the man's title shot. That's We learned that lesson. Oh, he
4: learned. <laughs> he learned. Then,
0: yeah, before I transition into stuff that could get, you know, could have got Raw took off air, uh, Murr, thank you for watching, Mur, Uh says that his favorite match, and this is one that I'm Is about to get talked to, anyways. Uh, Team 3D versus the Hardys versus Edge and Kristen (laughs) and their TLC legacy. Because, man, they had some bangers with with the TLC match types. Yeah. My question is, and this is all for the panel and also people watching at home and in the comment section. um, Should Matt Hardy even, as I was listening to Matt's podcast, and someone asked him, hey, was there a match that you should have won? And Matt thinks that him and Jeff should have won the first TLC match.
4: Ooh. Who won the first one? Edge and Christian?
0: I think it was Edge and Christian, if I remember correctly.
4: Because yeah, I think – yeah, because I've got a – or I used to have a poster. They had uh, two tables stacked up on the ladder and both up top – and put them on top of the table. Well, they had two ladders and tables stacked up on the ladders, and then they were on top of the tables with the tiles. Like, that was – like during that time when they would do stuff like that, you'd see all kinds of flashing lights in the in the arena. Would, like, they would take millions of pictures, like for big big moments like that. I think Edge and Christian won, they won a lot of them because I, I I remember that big iconic photo.
0: Yeah, it was Edge and Christian.
4: Yeah, because they stacked up ladders and tables, and everything. I just think about
0: Edge. Like, didn't Edge spear Jeff? off the ladder
5: yeah, yeah.
4: it's just those, like it's just crazy. Th- those moments like if you watch them like the whole the whole arena lights up with flash photography taking pictures and stuff that's what i'm missing wrestling these days you don't see that much oh you uh, mean around moment. the
5: like ring where they would be like
4: yeah you don't yeah. see that anymore it, it's all uh, just had that one cameraman and that's it
5: uh i volunteer no? to be one of those guys if, yes. if Tony, tony khan if you're watching i volunteer
4: then back then they didn't really have well they had phones but they had like um uh, you know the cameras were like you only had so many pictures you could take me out to develop them. like that's the kind of cameras they had you would see all kinds of flashing lights
5: that's what i always wondered: is like in matches like like wouldn't that blind the wrestler
4: Golly. like
5: it, it couldn't have been great but i
3: yeah. it's
5: so tough because like i loved i loved edge of course you know at that time so much but i also loved the Hardys and like you know that was like we always imitated the Hardys on our trampoline in the backyard like everybody oh. would do like this
4: <laughs> you haven't so. i don't think i don't think you two have heard that story my favorite wrestler girl was jeff hardy always and will always be jeff hardy i know i talk about, like, a lot about c i'm but from childhood it's jeff hardy for halloween for halloween so. i would spray paint my hair different colors <laughs> it's uh it's amazing i would buy the uh the armbands that he used to wear about uh, the necklaces uh the trampoline was the worst part uh yeah <laughs> uh, uh just just imagine every move that you would that you would tell your cow not to do is what i would do is
5: what that yeah well yeah. i remember it was like peak like early 2000s hot topic if you remember before they got all like the pop stuff in there and disney started infiltrating the darkness that was hot topic yeah like, Jeff Hardy was, like, peak hot topic era, so, like, it felt rebellious. Yeah. Like, you'd go in there looking for, like, the pants and, like, the shirts that were, like, the netted shirts and the armbands, and, like, you'd be doing the moves. Like, it was just, he like said, it's, like, part of your rebellious era. Like, that's kind of what he represented. But, like, at the same time, I was so infatuated with Edge, because he was, like, young, charismatic stallion over there, so, like, it was hard to it was hard to pick a favorite
0: <laughs> no and edge especially edge and christian during that time frame especially with the brood it's so crazy to think that those two started out as vampires with the brood
5: so great i still <laughs> i would pay good money to see him do like just revisit that gimmick one time just for fun even like if i ever meet him i will bring him vampire teeth and be like
0: it was funny because you think about it too because they were supposed to do something at, it was gang was supposed to go to wrestlemania apparently it was really? supposed to and we so were supposed to do the brute entrance there and that's why i was like somewhat brew before he came out in that weird mask but i think it was because he was on um AEW or something beforehand oh. and it's like nope sorry like they were like nope or that was the rumor i'm not sure how true that is you know how dirt reports are
5: it's so sad. I really, I know, like, obviously, that the time has sadly come and gone for when AEW could, like, work with WWE, but it's like they would just put their egos aside for, like, a hot second. Like, think of all the cool stuff they could do together, but, like, I get it. Like, there's just never going to be a.
0: It's like one of those things that WWE just, they don't see themselves as professional wrestling. And I, I get why they see AEW as their, you know, their, their competitor. And now, you know they've they've done a lot to convince like they've done a lot of convincing to people that they're still great and they've put on some great matches you know but yeah. they're like hey like we're we're giving you the entertainment side of professional wrestling right and really to, if you think about it and this is why I, I I do give Vince Russo some credit okay I don't totally hate him I do blame him for some of the things but if you think about it Vince Russo if it wasn't for him we wouldn't have some of the way that the stories are told right and in modern professional wrestling not just WWE, but think about how many times have people actually took ideas from vince russo and have done it
5: oh yeah and it's been one of like it's been iconic when they do or it's been kind of groundbreaking it's like a groundbreaking style storytelling i i'm always so like this is gonna sound terrible but i feel like i don't really know what to say about vince russo because my view of him has been so tarnished by all the jim Cornette comments
0: Here to so, here like, first folks. Emily is a Jim Carnett mark.
5: I I know I don't know what like so like and it's terrible. because like, I actually don't like dislike Vince Russo, but I feel like I don't know like how to give like a <laughs> like an objective opinion because I'm like all I'm hearing is Jim Carnett being like I will pee on his grave. I hate that man with the right. Birth. Talk about one of the biggest rivalries in wrestling i think that could
0: good. be the main event of wrestlemania if oh, they would, I would play pay ball.
5: good money to see vince russo <laughs> in the ring. well if,
0: but if you think about it and kind of if you, if you go back and watch um the bash of the beach episode dark side of the ring
5: oh people had a
0: lot more sympathy for vince russo Yeah, and i'm very mixed opinions on vince because i hate the his aspect and some of his opinions on professional wrestling i don't hate him like as a I don't hate him like I don't hate hate him. Right. I just don't. Yeah. I just hate his opinions. It's like,
4: you don't like it you're
0: like you're you're not you're looking at wrestling, in his words. It's a television show, bro. <laughs> television. Are we,
4: are we talking about? uh What are we talking
0: about? We're talking about Vince Russo now.
4: What about him? There's a lot. Just to, like, you know,
0: like, kind of like, yeah, just creative ideas. Because there was a lot that yeah. were great, and then of course there was a lot that.
5: Well yeah, I, I said I couldn't really give a I feel like a very on, like not honest but like not objective opinion because I like hear a lot of the Jim Cornette side of things. So I'm like, oh Let's maybe I'll just back out other.
4: of this. <laughs> you guys hate each other with a passion. Like Jim Cornette is on a mission to live to outlive him so he can go to his funeral and well
5: pee
0: on his grave.
4: Yeah. I he think he's gonna do it.
0: But, like I yeah. would just
4: He's gonna do it. He said he doesn't know he doesn't care how long he has to live, but those two guys are very different. Jim Cornette's very southern, Vince Russo oh, yeah. very very something he's got he's the New, New York, York, York
5: guy, New York guy, New York guy, you know, New he's York, the television show, bro, <laughs> television.
4: Two different guys, but uh, I don't know. He was good. he did his good his best stuff was in WWE, obviously. Yeah. Because it's WCW stuff, I, I feel like he was trying to make WCW good again, but just some people wanted their way or the highway, basically. I
0: think it was a mixture of Eric Bischoff. If we want to talk to WCW real quick, but I think it was a mixture of Eric Bischoff yeah. and everything going on with the Ted Turner network before. Because think about it, at the time, they were just trying to look for an excuse to get rid of wrestling on on TNT, mm-hmm. and so I think that I think so I think so I think really I think. Vince Russo was literally battling with Eric Bischoff, who's trying to keep WCW afloat and try to make sure if he if he needs to buy it, move it to the network, he would. And then you also have the network that just wants to cancel it and sell it to the highest bidder. Yeah. And not give anybody else. They literally. So I'm curious to see what Eric Bischoff did to really piss off to where he was not able to buy his own company.
4: Well, I remember uh, it was in a documentary that. That he had he had finalized everything that he had his own team they were going to buy WCW and I don't know if they were going I don't know what the deal was like if they couldn't like it's easy just to get on another network but I'm guessing they wouldn't let them use TV like you can have the ring you can you can own you can own everything but you can't have TV but I don't know the full details of that yeah it'd been something if he would have been able to move to another network and I'd have gotten DNA. Because that's the only, that's the whole reason TNA was created, mm-hmm. because a lot of people lost their jobs. Yeah, you know, because I've actually seen one time of person. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get to meet him, but he, he doesn't do meet and greets. He's a writer, not a wrestler. Is what he says.
0: But he's still kind of, but he's still kind of a figure in wrestling. But the thing is, he well, hates Andy. the business so much. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, and like he, said, he just wanted to make it think about it. He wanted to make I he wanted to make it like must see t- you know TV every week. Every segment was crazy when Vin- when Vince Russo took over. Yeah. And it was really taking you almost away from WCW. So it worked, you know, it worked in their favor eventually.
4: It's kind Actually, of sad it's- Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of sad that the last episode was in a good direction. And Booker T as the world champion, like the whole show was good, but uh, Hulk Hogan, I feel like, was the reason that they uh, he didn't like they didn't want younger stars to get pushed because uh, mm-hmm. I believe the uh, Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan, all of them had a lot of input on who like what happens, like they like they have more authority than the people who have authority. Which that's kind of weird
5: didn't they refer to there's oh I keep hearing an analogy they say it's like the inmates running the asylum and basically. gets gets very crazy when a lot of egos clash and you're you know.
4: in the nut house basically yeah that's where you were at
5: It's scary that's- when you're in that situation because if you're the younger talent or you're trying to get over but you're working against veterans you have more sway how do you ever get your chance and it's tough
0: Yep. It's it's, it's that's the hard part with the wrestling business, though. Yeah, so, you know, somebody's got to give somebody a chance. Yeah, where you have to do like a lot of politicking backstage, especially no matter if it was WCW or money or you know or WWF. If you think about it, how much poli- you know, how much politics did, went, goes into wrestling? And it's, it's almost look at someone like Chris Jericho, right? Mm-hmm. Chris Jericho was the first really person to jump ship from WCW to WWF. Yeah. Right. Literally comes in, interrupts the rock, you know, during his promo. And this is the, really the first dark portion of the show. But you basically have him come in and he literally has to grind his teeth again because, oh, you're the other guy. You, We got to teach you how to work our way. That yep. was what Triple H said to Chris Jericho. Yep. And a long ways, you know what? It helped inspire Jericho and he's become one hey, of the biggest professional wrestlers in history. But how many wrestlers, if it wasn't for, or if it wasn't because of Bradshaw, Hunter, even Vince himself, how many wrestlers could have had a better opportunity in WWF and have their characters click and possibly right. even become megastars? But they politics so hard backstage for some of those WCW guys to fail. They wanted to bury WCW, and the way to do it, you can't go after the show anymore because it's canceled. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Let's make DDP a stalker.
5: Yep, let's just completely bury everybody who's on the that's other what's, team. That's
4: what's really
5: like. Well, that's yeah. why something like Forbidden Door, you can, it's a great example of how you can make good, both sides look good, but because of that era and things being so competitive and because there was the rivalry as strong as it was, it was like the moment they got the opportunity, it was like, okay, we squash them now. Now, you know, we, we, we don't give them a chance to even make a comeback and it, it's sad in a way, because to your point, it's like, well, listen, like a lot of these guys were just part of the crew that would take them, you know, and they, you know, okay, well now WCW has gone on, go over to WWF and going over there to get squashed is never fun. And so I think in some ways it's forbidden door today is a great example of how like, Hey guys, like you can partner and have both sides look good doesn't have to be squash matches yeah. cuz nobody nobody likes to see that as much either like and it was very obvious even to like let well, I me mean, i was kind of like a head in the clouds kid and I, even i could see i was like oh they always it seems like they're always losing like it always seems like something bad is like pitted against them that's that's got to be rough look at look
4: at the invasion
0: angle and how bad
3: that failed Ugh.
4: if they would have had the bigger stars that would have worked but guys like saying that they didn't want to go like Sting yeah. didn't want to go just for like a lot of guys getting jobs out. Basically, Goldberg eventually came over, but he didn't stay very long. Well,
0: uh, if you look at look at Sting too, because think about it, when Sting did yeah. come to WWE, you know F or WWE. Nah, sorry, but if you think about it,
4: mm-hmm.
0: he lost to Triple H, basically lost to Degeneration X. Yeah, it was like, it was like the final like like WCW's already dead. Yeah this should have been just a great one-on-one match icon versus icon. And I really think Stink should have went over Hunter, but I think is a lot of people talk highly on Hunter. And I have a lot of respect for Hunter, but I think his, he has the one of the biggest egos in professional wrestling. People always say CM Punk or, you know, or the young bucks have the biggest egos. But if you think about it, triple H, at least during that time frame. And oh, yeah. to like he's until pretty- he took over NXT, but he, he, he would not let certain people get over. And he reminded people that, Hey, WWE is the way. If, if you, if you want sting, sorry, sting is, we're going to get a match with sting. You're going to get it, but I'm going to beat him.
5: Hunter is very interesting. Cause like hearing him talk today, He's almost like a reformed person because he kind of recognizes like him and Shawn Michaels are a great example of like two reformed people that like, they kind of self admit they were really like, for lack of a better way to saying it really shitty during that era. And like they had Vince's ear. They knew they had Vince's ear. It was very easy to convince Vince of things when you were in the room with them too. And I think Vince had a soft spot for both of them. Cause you know, two young guys and always kind of looking out for them and stuff. So I think they both, I mean, they took advantage of it. Um, I I know he's talked about that too. So I feel like today, like when you see them today, like they're actually almost like very much opposite where like now they want to build up the young talent. You've got both of them who've had a hand in NXT and now have hand in the upper talent. Like they seem like they've grown into like really good people but they, yeah, during that era, they they definitely were very shitty. (laughs) Does anybody think
0: it's interesting? Okay, This is a segue, by the way. Does anybody think it's interesting that two guys that almost got Raw kicked off the air multiple times are now a f- corporate stooges and in charge, almost in charge of the WWE? I WMF? love it. Though, like, it's the happen? best.
4: Like, like, Storyline <laughs> perspective in the real life. How does that happen? Because <laughs> Triple H is over to NXT and Well Triple Connor, if
0: you would world. go marry Tony Khan's daughter, you might have a chance to own AEW eventually. I
4: don't know if I want that job.
0: Does Tony Khan have a daughter? No, it was a joke. I don't, I don't think he has oh. kids yet.
4: it would be something if he uh, I don't that's kinda I don't know if he's ever been in a relationship, honestly. If he no, I'm not gonna say that. I don't wanna see it on air. I don't wanna see it.
0: I think that he's would- kept his I think he's kept his life private pretty much. He only talks yeah. about two things. Football and wrestling.
5: Good man. That's the only
0: thing. But if we think oh. about it, right? So Triple H almost was... He was in the doghouse for quite a while. Yeah, like he got punished. Like,
5: he won't, like, ever say it because he can't politically. But we all know. Like, or you know, like when they took NXT away from him for a while, there it was absolutely a punishment. Like, you're not fooling anybody with your PR, Triple H. You're doing a beautiful job. But, like, we all get it. Um, he's he's quite an interesting he he, especially with the people he hung out with i think he actually was able to kind of resist some of the temptations that were out there that some of you know the people around him probably succumbed to um but i thought it was brilliant when they read that letter like i still remember when they read the letter from the network <laughs> and it like everybody we, all of us were kind of like is this legit like are they really gonna get kicked off like did they like we all thought like they were like legit gonna be like gone after that, and
0: well, yeah, because you think about it, they had they had the letter where like we're not gonna say ass or or, 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 or you know, all those all those words, right? And <laughs> and it was just the funniest thing. Like it was a serious thing, and they had to make a serious apology. Um,
4: and they listed like everything they we weren't supposed to say, and they just blurted it out. No, no censored and bleeped it out. They just said everything.
5: Parents love that. Uh, yeah. I just remember them being like, is this what we're letting them watch?
0: Well, I was if like, Think yeah. about it. The, you had the, you know, you had, of course, you had the New Age Outlaws. You had Shawn Michaels, Triple H, China, X-Pac. You know, it was.
5: China is a very interesting, I know we said it earlier in the episode mm-hmm. about like, women's wrestling being what it was at the time. And China was like, like, just like the, like such a, a different side of wrestling that none of us had ever seen before.
0: She was an example of what the woman like wrestling could have been. Right. Could have been and it potentially led to look how many, like the bigger women that you see, not weight wise, but like muscular wise, Oh,
5: yeah. how many
0: been- people like Naya and um, Tamina and and like people like that, like they, how many of them have like, or even Jade using Jade Cardgill? Uh, like they all have like a huge respect for China, for the, the trailblazing that she did.
5: Yeah, look at all the stuff. Yeah, her to do.
4: Talking about women in the ice era, uh, I guess the main one was Trish. Well, besides China, like that's the she was mainly the first. Uh, I guess major star because she was the first woman continental champion, and only I believe. does those make us kind of funny. Uh, I don't really like intergender wrestling, but that was kind of funny. It it was China and Eddie Eddie Guerrero, I believe.
0: And she also had a a spot with Jericho. Yeah,
4: I remember
5: that. It's hard because, like, I I actually really like watching intergender wrestling because, like, it's a a really cool, like, you know, evening the odds and just putting it out there. But even as a woman, I'm, like, always, like, kind of feel bad for the guys because I'm like, do you you hit her? Do you – how do we like I don't I like know that, that's got to be really hard like so I guess you know what they've done nowadays even Tony Khan's done it where it's like you'll have like a guy and a girl versus a guy and a yeah. girl and so yeah. it's like intergender ish but like it's I really like it but I always do something that
3: for the guys because
5: yeah. like I don't know like do do I hit her or not is that sexist I don't know
0: well that, that's the thing and you brought a very good point because it's hard when you have somebody like Brian Cage right? Lose to Tessa Blanchard, and Tessa Blanchard is a great talent.
4: I know you're, gonna but that Brian
0: Cage, you know, if like looking at him compared to her, Brian Cage shows squashed her, right? And I think that's right. kind of the hard part, and that's why
5: it's hard. To modern work.
0: wrestling, it's a it's a very thin line to cross where it's you're being sexist or you're wow. being you know too PC because it's like well part of our wrestling brain sometimes think, okay, this person should obviously lose. Right. But, but then you also have like, but if you make it in a way, a sense looking at like Rey Mysterio, right? Like a right. David versus Goliath type matchup, you could easily have women versus guys. Impact. Yeah. I feel like impact does this well with, yeah. with the intergender matches. Go right. back and watch like Matt Cardona and uh, Jordan Grace. Yeah, Using that one as an example. That's you how you do that. can do it and not, and like I said, where it makes sense story wise, it's wrestling, you know. And Matt's a heel. Matt's yeah. obviously the heel in that. So, it yeah, it, it it works. But you also be very careful because you also have very, very, very traditional fans that right. that are not going to like it, and they're and they, and they, which I understand. Yeah, but then you go back and watch that. like some like you know China, you know, and watch some of the matches that she had with some of the guys.
4: Like I remember that time, uh, there was a few people who left Impact because that uh he uh, LA Knight, he Andre he was one of the main reasons he he left. They wanted him to lose to Tessa Blanchard and he didn't do it. Uh, We've carrying Cross left and Killer Killer. I never call him Carrion Cross, I always call him Killer Cross. Yeah. Uh, Osneris left. Well, he left on a different, but I believe it was the same thing that they wanted him to lose to. Like there was a bunch of them who left. I like the way AEW does it. Uh you'll never see like a man and a woman in a match. Like it's like saying that uh Riho can beat some I'm Singh. Ain't no way. Ain't no way.
5: Yeah. Reho's it's like beat I I appreciate them, like Who trying knows? to make women look good. But there's always to your point like that balance of like, okay, unless, legitimately we get it. She would not
4: unless it's something like Jade Cargill against Peter Avalon, but Jade would, win, would win, win that. And I, I all really
5: for women power. I just, I get yeah. it. Because You're just like, I don't know where to like, I don't know where to, how to feel. <laughs> I, well, I guess it's the thing. It's like,
0: I think if it makes sense on how they win, Yeah. I think that's right. kind of something of that I've changed my opinions throughout uh, my wrestling fandom. But if it makes sense, like I, I, w- I went back and I watched the other day, I watched uh, Kenny Omega versus Riho when she was 12 and they had that wrestling match.
5: And it was phenomenal. Yes,
0: he like was, it, Well, he's a. master. It made sense, and of course, Jim Cornette still bashes Kenny for this. But the thing is, Japan Japanese wrestling is different. We might
5: we're a whole do a whole podcast on Yeah, it's not at all the same as Southern <laughs> wrestling was. So, might be but, a little yeah, out of your zone there.
0: Yeah, but if you think about, it, people are wrestling blow up dolls. Child, there's a couple of children because some of the children over there start wrestling at a young age, just like the luchadors. Yeah, and thing is kenny is one of the safest workers in professional wrestling
5: uh, yeah i mean like he's he's such a master at how he works. like yeah i know exactly what you're talking about when you re-watch that it's a, a master class and how to do safe wrestling but sell it like it, it just like you felt it like and it worked it was fine but that's yeah. because he's you know, diamond of a human being and a wonderful person.
4: So I love Um One time, uh, uh, Mer Bradley, Bradley, I guess that's his last, who were the next guys to go after Jericho? Uh, it was a group of them. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, like when, uh, Lang was saying that a lot of them, like when you came into, you know, WWE, it was a whole different, uh, like, you're, you're playing by our rules. Uh, I don't See, know if you want to say who. I don't know if you so want to say who.
0: You know, eventually your bigger stars you had there, at least they were notable. You know, you had Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, you had the NWO come over for, you know, back over to WBF. Goldberg, uh, William Regal, Sir William Regal, and King Booker. T. I just love him. saying that, well, but yeah. but there was some other ones I can't remember the names. But during the invasion angle, I'm trying to remember their names. Where well, I know, I know
4: the who came after Jericho. Because Jericho debuted in 1997. Yeah. Uh, the guys who came after him were it was it was a group of them. It was kind of like they were kind of doing an invasion angle because
0: you had Benoit, Benoit you Eddie had Guerrero, Guerrero,
4: Perry Saturn, and there was uh, Dimolenco. Malenko. There was like four or five of them that went over there. And, yeah, I uh, forgot did. A lot of them thrived in WWE. It took him a little bit of time to get used to the ropes. Jericho, he, he, uh, he hit a home run out of it. <laughs> uh, it, it, it took him a little while, but it kind of made w look kind of bad. Cause look how they did their, like those were, those were their, their homegrown guys. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
4: That's just what happens when you have too many, uh, chefs in the kitchen.
0: Well, anything but like I said, there's, there was a lot of things that happened. Um, unfortunately oh, yeah. with the WCW crew um kind of going back to some almost like some of like the some of the things that kind of happened if you look at some of the careers that had people had issues after the attitude era and some of the you know the effects of it right I'm sorry to go on down our note but if you look at it you know looking at what happened to Eddie you know Eddie unfortunately um, Eddie Guerrero—that was probably the hard, one of the hardest ones. You know, came over probably towards the end of the Attitude Era, and then started the ruthless aggression. And then, because he was dedicated so much, and we see this a lot, especially with a lot of the guys in the Attitude Era, but the you know the, the drug and the opioid usage just got to him and had a heart attack. Yeah. Um, Brian Pillman, looking at looking at look at Pillman. Pillman probably had one of the best characters going on during the Attitude Era. With you know crazy flying, you know with crazy you know Brian Pillman, and you know it was it was just a wild time. It was just sad to see that uh, China. Look at look what happened with China. Um, China. And this is something that's kind of sad as well. Almost the same thing with Sunny, but you know she kind um, of had a similar um, falling out.
5: It's just it's also sad because it's almost like like you said, the attitude era, it, it produced a lot while it was hot and heavy, but it's almost like when it started to pass, like people just like fell apart in a lot of ways. And to your point, was it worth it? I never would say any of it was worth someone's life. Um, I think that best, you know, we can kind of do is learn from it, which I feel like we have significantly where it's like, listen, like, Mental health is most important. Like, physical health, like, we don't do actual care yeah. shots. Like, we have concussion protocol. Like, we have all this stuff that's now better in a sense that I, I do think we sort of have the Attitude Era to thank for, like, teaching us some of this stuff. But it's a shame we had to learn it the way we did. Um, I mean, the, the whole Benoit thing was just heartbreaking. And that was a lot, you know, a lot of people say he, he really lost it after Guerrero died because Eddie was just a beautiful friend and human being. So it's like, I don't know if it was really worth it. But I'm in a sense, I, I try to think of it as like, listen, like, let's honor them by like learning from that and making sure this doesn't happen to anybody else, because I'm sure that's what they would want. Um, you know, and just try to make the business better and more healthy for everybody. Yeah. Um, so but
0: it was also it was kind of it was kind of hard. If you look at it now, all the people that got hurt, the brawl for all, especially Vince Russo's. Yeah. This is the, the this is really why Vince Russo is probably probably the most hated man in professional wrestling, is due to that stupid brawl for all, where multiple me. wrestlers. And this is what it's it was so I knew it was bad. Watching the Dark Side of the Ring episode, just to be, I was so infuriated by it. Yeah. I know that it was the whole JBL. Why JBL? Were you such a freaking prick to s- inspire this? Because Vince Russo wanted to see your ass get your get knocked
4: out. <laughs> he was the biggest boy at the time. He said he he made the and beat everyone up in a shoot fight, and they it was very entertaining, but it was also stupid. Like I'd like to see that today, like Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley an actual fist. I want to see who'd win. But at the same time, I don't want to see that because of what it, it's very entertaining because next day you're trying to get ratings and stuff. It's it's entertaining, but at the same time, it's not very really a smart idea.
0: It'd be it's, different with Bobby Lashley though no. and Brock Lesnar, because they're both trained fighters. Okay. <laughs> so the thing is when you have people that are not you had you had people that weren't trained fighters, then you had ones that did it before professional wrestling or trained it on it on the side. yeah that that's where your issue was because you have yeah. some people that are badass. look look at um Dr. death Steve Williams. look what happened yeah. to his correct that he basically disappeared after he he got knocked out.
3: yeah, it was supposed that's to be the next
0: that. big thing, yeah,
4: that's who they that's who they wanted to win the whole thing. but uh Bart Gunn, he he hurt that dude. Everyone likes Billy Gun, but uh, Bart Gun was another type of gun. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't take off. I, every, every, after the Brawl for All, when he got uh, – does anyone know who Butterbean is?
0: Butterbean. Dude, I want him to knock yeah. out Logan Paul so bad or Jake Paul.
4: Because uh, even Butterbean said that he would have won. He probably would have beat him if he wouldn't act acted like an actual boxer. I mean, he like bucks- a lot of these guys
5: today, though, are like – there's so, well, they're such a – Bigger intersection of like the MMA fighters and UFC fight, like they they seem to kind of have been inviting that more and more recently, or just sort of happens with like like a Shayna Baszler or Ronda Rousey, they kind of segue into this world where they are legit fighters. Even Matt Riddle, like some people said, it's like say what you want about the guy and his like being high or his gimmick and whatnot, like that guy could probably beat the, beat the crap out of a lot of people because he's like a legit fighters. So like depending because on that, who you put them up against it's like yeah we're probably not stacking up some people to have the odds in their favor <laughs> um
4: yeah the so. for all was a
5: uh, train wreck Disaster. it was very
4: entertaining cuz I, I i i don't want to see i'd like to fantasy do that but like have a I want to see CM Punk versus the Unbox. Oh, <laughs> like, I,
5: I was just about to say, I was like, you know yeah, what? Like this is, talk about an old school way of resolving yeah. your problems. Lock them in a room. Be like, all right, whoever walks out wins, and then you're moving on. You time, get it off your chest. <laughs> then we do business, okay?
4: Then Teresa, <laughs> Teresa came up with a pretty entertaining idea, but wasn't very smooth. He didn't really think that through. Like he no. didn't really think <laughs> he didn't really, he didn't really yeah. think that. None of these guys have training so someone's gonna get hurt and some got hurt worse than others uh and very... just put
5: all the bills for it too from what what i re- i think that was yeah. J- jr who said that they said like that was the stupidest thing for the company too because they lost money like yeah. in the number of medical bills they had to
0: pay. they're still paying like the thing is they're still paying for the brawl for all <laughs> They're there's still, like, there's still, like... TK, so that that basically, now. even just the attitude era in general. So, they're still paying for all the, like, the health injuries. And then you also have the people that lost spots on carts that probably turned to more even drugs and alcohol. Like, it's kind of sad, but look how many people, like, are suffering because of the attitude error. Like, they're paying for a lot of rehab still. Yeah. They, you know, they paid for China to Sunny to, uh, I think, X-Pac went. Like, they, like, look at how... And then look at the brawl for all. How many injuries, like Connor was saying, how many injuries do they still have to pay for? How many injuries, like, how many, t- yeah, like you guys are saying, like how many injuries are they still paying for to this day because of CT issues and all that?
4: I wonder if Vince man still paying for that, or is TK? That's kind of clever, for Vince. If TK was having to pay for that, like, I wonder if it was
0: considered like part of like their assets where they had to like
4: pay it all off, or, something. or Vince,
0: you know. Leading up to our, uh, our special that's coming at the very end of the series, um, <laughs> it, it wouldn't surprise me, though, that Vince, uh, w- Vince is still paying for stuff under the table without us knowing. You guys, oh, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. He, he, Do you guys
4: know who Kamala is? He's a wrestler. Yep. Who?
0: Uh,
4: well, he was, uh, have a, uh, he was uh, one of a kind. He was basically from the jungle who came to life and somehow got in a wrestling ring. Well his wow. character is from the jungle. Yeah. He uh he had his both his legs amputated because of them. He uh I can't remember what happened, but uh WWE owes him millions of dollars but never got it. Yeah. Not a lot of people know about that.
0: That's awful. Well, if we're speaking of terrible injuries, let's bring up the D Brown incident.
4: I was yes. Just see a documentary on that. Now this is a. I forget who's. who's I know the wrestler, but what's his name? Draws. There there you go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, if you guys don't remember, it was a simple move. Dila Brown. I can't remember what move it was, but Dila Brown. Was it? I think it was a a suplex. I can't remember.
4: At the time when uh, Dila Brown was on that metal plate. Yeah that's yeah, probably why I got hurt.
0: Well, one little move, you know, that's the thing is like, no matter, and that's one thing I always hate about professional wrestling nowadays, people are always, even pointing at WWF or a certain wrestler or AEW, stop pointing your fingers at them because injuries can happen in this sport no matter what. And yeah. fortunately, Dilo Brown paralyzed a man for life from the neck down. One move gone wrong. And Draws is in a wheelchair for life.
4: Did he die recently?
0: I think he just barely passed, but he did make amends with Dilo before he died.
4: Yeah, that's such kind of, a
5: hard thing.
0: That's a the,
4: of the thing. Yeah. Dilo Brown, it, it haunted him for his entire life. He's awesome still. Like,
0: his uh, podcast, he did one with uh, Chris Van Fleet, and they talked about it. He's like, man, like. I know, I know, I know I signed up for, but, um, but yeah, you know, you know what could happen, but no one deserves to have that happen to them. But accidents are going to happen.
5: I think it all comes back to like, sometimes like doing a move for the right reason, like telling a story or it makes sense and the wrestler's comfortable and like, There's got to really be the right set of circumstances but like i think this is one area where like i know mjf said it i think the best where he was just like yeah like i could probably you know do those dives and a flying moonsault and make not such a big deal out of it but people take for granted how hard even some of that stuff is like those dives he makes it kind of funny where he'll like pretend like he's nervous he's like yeah but i want people to realize they're like yeah i could do that and if they don't catch me the right way there goes my neck there goes my you know all that stuff And we take it so much for granted, whereas like you don't want to force people if you don't think something looks impressive, like you just like fans need to sit down about some of that because you got to remember it's got to be within the person's comfort zone and just not take for granted how much they really do risk and put out there just to give us a good show for sometimes 10, 15 minutes.
0: Yeah. Well, and one that we got very lucky on, look at. Look what happened with Owen versus Austin where Stone Cold had to literally change his whole ring style. Almost was paralyzed with a botched pile driver.
5: Right. And Owen Hart is like one of the best, safest wrestlers at that time. And I know he never forgave himself for it. And. It's just you know uh, two wrestlers who were you know obviously at the top of their professional game and it just happens, you know, and it nobody ever intends for it to happen. If you do, you're messed up and you shouldn't be in the ring at first. So it's one of those things where like for both people involved, there's no win because obviously the person who did it feels yeah. terrible, and the person who gets injured, you know, they knew the risk, but like no one deserves it for that to happen. Like you
0: said, no, no one deserves to. You know, like no one deserves to get hurt, but it's going to happen.
5: Well, that's why the <laughs> own Hart thing gets to be... I mean, even watching that Dark Side of the Ring was, like, the hardest episode for me because it feels like it was 100% preventable. And it's like... Yeah. I never forgave them for, like, not stopping the show, just saying it so... Like, putting JR on the spot to say it like that. Like, it just... I, I'm on... I mean, honestly... His his wife is such a a strong person because like to keep going after all that where it was hundred percent preventable and from what I've read it just it all came down to like just being cheap like it wasn't the usual crew it wasn't the usual and like you you would think you would take care of one of your top stars and to this day I still have never quite forgiven them for Owen
0: no and who cares think about it, how many people like uh, we've talked about it with Owen and but it's one of those things that it could have been, like you said, prevented, you know, if you were to have the right crew and even WB, like even Vince to this day, like he's like, I, that's his biggest regret. And this is the only time you've really seen remorse from Vince. Yeah. But the thing is what pissed off, you know, fortunately his poor widow was the way they handled everything afterwards and how they were, I, I, I really, I'm very glad that she was able for, to have, the memory of Owen Hart being a video game now with AEW yes. shirts and, and actually have a good reason to have Owen's name still be around to go help kids in Canada, have a better education. Right. I, I bless Dr. Martha. I, she's an incredible woman, but Vince, like all it would probably took for Vince to have Owen in the hall of fame and do the same things would have just been handled it better with a better phone call more, like, actually be the Vince that you, you're, you're seeing when he's talked about Owen. Yeah. Be that person. Because now, it's, you know, we can't really remember him as much with WWE because of it. Yeah. You know, I we have to, go to, I have to go to his Japan matches or go to his
5: right. independent
0: stuff that he did in between.
5: And I just okay. feel like he, he got, like, the legal people infested him. And I think this is a situation where at the end of the day, like, I it probably got to more like, listen, you can't admit fault to this or you'll never hear the end of it, this, that, and the other. But I do think there's actually something more human. You could have repaired it had you been more, showed the human side of it. but like, man, like, wow, yeah, that was my fault. I'll never forgive myself. I'm sorry. And, you know, like you said, just things like that, like a certain point, I don't know. It's just like, screw legal guys. Like a person died. You know, you're gonna have to get over yourself for that. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, he never could get over himself. It was
4: just like, why? The Vincent Man, uh, he only cared for making money, and that's yeah. the reason that they never warned him that because he just wanted to see that they got something for his son. And right, that the reason that they didn't let him use anything is so Vincent Man could say he got, he got to make money off of Owen heart.
0: Exactly. Which, which,
4: which that's what he only cared about. He if he would if he would stop the show, he would have he would have, would have thought if someone died in the ring, he would have stopped the show, but he didn't. So he just cared uh-huh. about. He cared about this thing right here. Yeah. Not really, by the way.
5: Just that—that's one thing that like you can get past a lot of stuff, but I—I I can never get past yes. Owen.
0: Yeah. Well, Owen, rest in peace. You're know, like how yeah. many wrestlers did Eddie Guerrero, Owen Hart, even add in? You know, Benoit. All of them basically suffered because of wrestling. But we are thankful for all the things that they've done for this sport. Um, as we start to kind of wind down here, it's been a really great show. Um, we talked a lot about things. Um, unfortunately, we did not talk about the screw job tonight's episode because we've talked about it before. Multiple podcasts talked about it before.
4: Uh, oh, we'll, we'll talk about the other uh, – well, the Montreal Screwjob. We talked about that too much, but the brawl out. Brawl uh. <laughs> Yeah like that's basically this generation screw job kind
0: it's, of. Gonna, you know, it's gonna anyway and it's gonna go on sadly it's gonna go in history as
5: dark side of the ring five years from now is probably gonna get <laughs> into it once that statute of limitations is gone
4: yeah that's gonna be the most viewed dark side of the rings of all time but, <laughs> uh, right
5: well a lot of people think too it's just gonna be like I mean, so this is I, I I this is where like, obviously, we don't know because the story is still being told. But a lot of people think like five years from now, there's going to be like a rise and fall and rise of again of CM Punk, Dark Side of the Ring, just because of all the different careers he's had. And like so many people are just so curious what like actually went down with everything and. It's like I don't know what to believe with these dirties. I'm terrified to trust any dirties. I'm like, guys, they're people. Like, can we just think about the people?
4: <laughs> I wish AEW would uh do away with that, like go back to how it used to be. Like, yeah, when you find out stuff, it's gonna be on TV. Like, you're not gonna be able to. But I feel like they make money off that because uh,
5: people tune in.
4: Yeah, I feel like they they pay AEW to get that news or something. So like, There's
0: probably a a, a mole because I think because I know WWF and WWE went through the same thing. Mm. There's probably somebody that's a rat that they don't know about, and they're trying to figure out who it is.
4: Oh, I, it's not hard to find out who that is. Oh, do you or know? A, at least in AW, so someone keeps on doing it, and it's not just uh, it's not just the uh, CM Punk style like whoever keeps on doing that, like. I remember one time they tried to spread false rumors. It was years ago, but Jericho. Does anyone know who Kylie Ray is? She was AEW. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the girl that was like Bailey in a way.
4: Well, they that made girl. this false thing up. I'm not gonna get into the. It's it's kind of like the time when they said that Jericho was was starting his own kitchen channel on the Food Network.
5: <laughs> where,
4: where, where the heck is this coming from? I would was,
5: watch that show if he did one. <laughs> Chris Jericho, if you want a second wave career here, maybe you can just be a little chef on the side, be on the Food Network.
4: But beyond that, the, the screw job was... uh was 1999. Mm-hmm. Because he went to w, WCW in 2000. But we covered a lot of stuff at the Era. Uh, does anyone remember when Stone Cold uh, got the... He got the, what was it? The milk truck or something with beer? And he just... Oh,
5: the beer truck, yeah. The beer truck, yeah. <laughs> Classic.
0: Well, since oh, we yeah. just broke the ice and kind of brought it back up, I don't like that. Beer truck was one of the best spots in professional wrestling.
4: Kurt Angle uh, by the,
0: the milk, milk truck. truck
4: so, oh, yeah. gosh.
0: Did you ever hear the story about Kurt Angle and the milk truck afterwards?
5: Did they say that it was, like, bad milk because it had been sitting dude. there?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was bad milk. And then he had to get on a He had no time to shower.
5: Oh. And went straight on the
0: flight and was just smelling of rotting milk. And he cannot well, like drink he knows, milk to this day because of it.
4: Well, like, you know, like, yeah, like he's never, liked milk. even the, guy, the, like, he never liked milk. But a lot of times if you go back, uh, he'll just score. He'll just, he won't even drink it. He just puts it everywhere because he doesn't want to drink it. He doesn't like milk.
5: Poor, it's like a trigger for him. Poor guy.
4: Yeah, I mean, never, he like, you could
5: do so much today where, like, you could change it out for something else and people wouldn't know, really. like I, I, don't believe,
4: know. Uh, I believe it was the last time he went to Raw and he did it. It was Chad Gable. He just poured it all over himself and didn't even drink it. Like, Stone Cold okay. would drink the whole 12-pot. Oh, yeah.
0: Him, the ring guys, crowd. <laughs> yeah. Well, as we start to wind down here, um, thank you guys again for coming on tonight. Um What's... There's two facepalm moments I want to share before we get off the air. Okay, the first one. These both would get kicked off, of course, modern television. Um, The broad panty matches. Yeah. That um, why I think it was during the ad chair, and people were flashing the crown stuff. But gosh, whoever greenlit that man—that's that's that's a different time time for sure. Hmm. Well, well just... you know,
5: the boss is, uh, well, yeah, has we've gotten into some legal trouble recently, so I could see. There was one
4: person who loved it. I don't know if it was the same reasons Vince liked it, but uh, Jerry Lawler Please! Was... Yeah. The...
5: I don't think yeah, he I, I, got I got to agree with you there. Jerry had a hand. To, like, you knew he was loving it. Like. Come on! Yeah. Like, but you know what? Those women were beautiful. They were fabulous. They all looked fantastic. I respect the hell out of them. So
4: I remember when, like, I'm currently watching 2003 Raws and they're doing the the Diva Search. Oh no! I, and uh, right right now, Maria, uh, Michelle McCool, and all them, and it's actually pretty funny because Jonathan Coachman's doing all this stuff. But, I like uh, the
5: season with the Miz, like as one of the. Jo-
4: he was uh, that was, where he met his
5: wife.
4: <laughs> now, the who would you guys say was the main person in those matches? That, you know,
0: inspired it or wanted it.
4: No, like I, one of the main females who ever. The reason that they wanted to do it uh, during an Attitude. Who do you think it was? Huh. I'm curious to see your answer.
5: Probably a Vince Russo. Idea, no,
4: no, I'm talking about like the the woman, aggressor wise, yeah, golly. I do not want to see Vince Vince Russo in a
0: head. Oh, gosh, no. (laughs)
5: No. Oh, I thought you meant like who probably inspired it, and I was like, Vince
4: Russo, up there. I'd probably say, uh, at least in the adjective era, probably Sable
5: or Trish. I'd say Trish,
4: Trish, yeah. Now, the Ruthless Aggression era, that was a whole different story. It's probably Trish, yeah.
5: Sable was. This day, still one of like the most, like, even like, I just still am in awe of how beautiful she was. Like, she was just such a classy, like, I don't know, I just really liked Sable. She but, still
4: looks pretty, uh, looks pretty good for her, her age. Uh, yeah, so the video of her and my at the airport, she, she still looks decent from like, uh, she's kept her life on track and not trying uh, the married people, to, Lesnar but she right?
5: Good.
4: Yeah. You, you know how they got together. But she cheated on Martin <laughs> marrow Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. And they've been together ever since.
0: Well, it was love at first sight, apparently.
5: It's, <laughs> it's hard in the wrestling industry when, like, you're half naked all the time and people are away from home and they're lonely. And they're just its – it's got to be a rough one. You have to either just yeah. – you know. Either you're, you know, it, it's it's tough the long distance stuff. Like, you either have to travel around with them or, you know, Good just the thing,
4: okay uh, thing was that Sable and Mark Mero was like they were together on the, on the tour at WWE together, so they was around each other and all the time.
5: Still,
0: they still did.
4: I don't, I uh, you can look that up.
0: <laughs> I'm not, I'm not <laughs> to I've heard this oh, like, too I much. Story. I think we talked about the story in the They're Brock Lesnar. Uh,
4: podcast as
5: well. Yeah, there was uh... well, see, I I know and I and for this I day, Mark to... Murrow, people have for this day,
4: Mark, Mark Murrow hasn't talked to Brock Lesnar or uh say all about it. Well right. of course he talked about because he kicked her out. So.
0: <laughs> well the last thing I want to bring up the Nation of Domination racist segment. Remember that yeah, one?
5: Sure unfortunately yeah
0: that one should not have made it to tv
5: (laughs) that the the so like you know it's it's funny we we'd like to think that like 2000s onward we've been all very progressive but we like have a very skewed like at least like i'll throw myself in here like a very skewed vision of time and, like, I think about, like, as a kid, like, there's definitely stuff that was, like, thrown around as, like, language or comebacks or, like, you would call a kid a name. And, like, today, I'm, like, you should never, like, we like, it's awful, like, especially middle school was, like, the worst that I remember. Like, the stuff you would hear kids call each other and, like, nobody really did anything about it. And that was, like, back in, like, 2008, 2009, like, you know what I mean? Like, nobody did yeah. anything about it then. So I think it's kind of something that like we just accepted and thought like, oh, it's just in good fun, but like we didn't realize how much it was like disparaging people. Yeah.
4: yeah. The only thing I get out of that is X Pac. But he was
5: <laughs> Oh, it's so cringe, uh, really Like you like you said, you just like
4: like they even said was stupid. But it did their Carrot like that, that was DX. That was I like them. Besides that, I love the Nation of Domination.
0: Yeah. Nation of Domination. That theme song is just.
4: Nation.
5: Banger. Mm, I know.
0: Dude, like, when I'm in the gym, that is one of my songs, my playlist. And I'm just like, gonna be like Mark Henry. Gonna be the strongest man.
4: Like, the Hurt Business is kind of that group, but if they if they were booked like that, they'd, they'd be pretty good. The Hurt Business. Yeah. Yeah.
5: We well, just please. learned so much in the last few years that like, it's not an excuse for what they did because it's it's yeah. awful what they did. And actually, even at that time, like, I'm sure there were people who were upset about it. You just didn't hear about it the same way we do today and know about it. Like, weren't as aware of it because there wasn't social media yet. There wasn't a lot of things yeah. to like have those important conversations and to hear those points of view. So it, it's like you said, I'm sure there were negative reactions. We just probably didn't see or care about him quite as much.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for coming out um, and (laughs) listening to our dark side of the ad today. This one was a very fun episode. We sure talked and covered a lot. Um, So it was a great show. Um, Thank you, Ethan, for, you know, thank you for um, the nice comment. Um, Jason... um, ask one final question before we go off the air and i want to start this one if you don't mind so jason says what was your guys favorite attitude era moment so mine is the funniest one right it was sean and triple h and they came out dressed as vince mcmahon and shane Shane mcmahon (laughs) And it was just the funniest back and forth promo just because I see um, Sean go, look at me, dad, I'm dancing. <laughs> and then to have, and then to have uh um, oh, wish no. stop it. And this did a whole like, and, and of course Sean Michaels is just on the floor, just spasming out, just having a seizure. It's, just... it's, it's seriously the greatest thing. And especially because mm-hmm. like, because we've all done our Vince McMahon impressions, right? I've done. I probably do at least ten a week. Yeah, on our podcast yep. alone, I do a lot of them.
4: That's Eric Rowland did one with us one time when he was on. He did one.
0: <laughs> and Vince, but Triple H, I think, has one of the best Vince McMahon voices. Oh my gosh, he's well.
5: I'm around it so much that like
4: yeah, – He's <laughs> right. he to deal with that for thirty plus years. So well, he's he just. Point on.
0: I wonder if his kid. I wonder if his kids like when they go up to grandpa do his oh, voice. <laughs> if I was to do, <laughs> if I was like Hunter, I'd be like teaching my kids, "Hey kids, make sure you tell your granddad that's got shit. I'll let you guys say the s word." I would be. I'd let my kids be a little bit of a troll.
5: Like I don't know how you like Grandpa Vince is a very funny visual in my head. I just. Okay. Like, I can't imagine. I I
3: maybe it's
5: like you just drop off your kids with grandma. Yeah. <laughs> right.
4: I don't know if I would leave my kids with them.
0: Probably not. <laughs> um, what about you, Connor? What would, what would be your favorite agitara moment?
4: Probably. Uh, Justin mentioned it in the intro. In the intro, uh, this is your life. Uh, Rock and uh, Stop Connection. Uh, these people weren't even in his life, <laughs> which they were, I guess, in his life. But they weren't the exact. I don't know. Uh, I, I watched a lot of behind the scenes of that, but uh, you know, during that time, they were big in the ratings because the war and stuff. You know, that segment is the number one segment in all the time of wrestling. Like, do you, you guys know how many viewers that one segment grew? Which one? The, the This is uh, your this life. Oh uh...
0: 4 mil. Am I right?
4: 10 million people
0: 10 million
4: 10 Dang. million people Dang. watched that segment it was really funny at the at the end because uh it wasn't it was his birthday but it wasn't even his birthday then <laughs> <laughs> it, it was really funny like his school teacher and then his ex-girlfriend and his football coach and it was really yep. really funny that was one of my favorite moments and just to think that that was the most viewed wrestling segment of all time is yeah that's for that's sure. cinema right there what? All right, I'm- no, I was gonna say, like, the bloodline hasn't <laughs> even reached reached those lengths. No,
5: that's true.
0: Yeah. What about you, Emily? What would be your like favorite attitude moment?
5: I thought so, like you remember when Stone Cold impersonated the doctor and snuck into <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
5: So like because like he got hit in the head with a bedpan, we just thought it was the yeah. funniest thing because it was like, Oh, that's the toilet seat, that's the butt seat. And seeing Vince, like, doing the very Vince, like, just, it was the funniest segment. And I remember, like, seeing that. And then I feel like a week or two after they aired that WWE commercial about, like, many people misconstrue us. They think we're violent. And it's, like, all the stars walking through the office and they're just beating each other up in oh, the back. Oh, yeah. Let me
4: talk, and yeah.
5: I'll never forget, like, those two are probably the biggest things that stick out to me, those two segments
4: i remember those commercials
5: so good
4: i a vhs with them doing the behind the scenes of like like Vince, at the end of events and man's outside and then you see someone crash through the building
5: yes
0: <laughs> yes but, all right well that's gonna do it tonight for talking elite uh thank you again to both emily and connor it was a wonderful night tonight um thank you guys so much for coming out on your friday night uh to help record a special version of our uh talking elite dark side of the ring episode um this one was a lot of fun i'm glad that people in the comment section thank you guys so much for commenting uh please make sure you guys like share and subscribe not just this episode make sure you guys subscribe to our all leads Zone podcast we've had a lot of great uh shows we've done throughout the whole year and it's just gonna get better and bigger so keep sharing with your friends uh, make sure you guys check us out in about a half hour we are going to be going for some overtime and be doing a uh, rampage watch along. Um, so, we'll have some of our guys on here to talk rampage. And so, make sure you guys come back out for that here in 30 minutes. Of course, we do watch alongs on Wednesday nights and every once in a while on Collision. So, we have a lot of great content coming up. On Saturday, we have our AEZ Canada crew, um, they are up to some shenanigans. And they are going to have probably a really funny, great conversation from what I hear on Saturday. So make sure you guys uh, check that out. Um, it's that show's pre-recorded, but it's always a great laugh. So give our Canada guys some love. Make sure you guys check them out. And then um, next week, you guys ready for some? Ready for our for our announcement, our big announcement before we do our Vince McMahon episode. Ooh. So next week. We'll be doing a special Dark Side of the Ring episode on the most popular WWF, WWE wrestler of all time. We'll be doing a deep dive into the Hulkster himself. Dark Side of the Ring presents Hulk Hogan. So it's going to be fun. We're going to talk a lot of great things. And then we're going to talk about his backstage politics, some of his racist stuff uh we're gonna do it we're gonna get we're gonna give you a whole perspective on the hulkster uh um, right, so all that. you hulkamaniacs are ready to eat your vitamins and drink your milk it's gonna be a great episode
4: hey if you're gonna do a thing on hulk hogan you gotta talk about the good the ugly the bad yeah you get, you're getting the whole shebang next week
0: <laughs> for <laughs> this, sure
4: this
3: is sad,
0: yeah so it's gonna be a great episode and then of course Our finale, unfortunately, is coming closer for our uh, first season of Dark Side of the All Elite Zone. Um, It has been our most successful um, portion of the Talking Elite. So we'll probably do a season two in a few months because it's a lot of work to put this one on. Um, Our season finale is going to be on the king of wrestling himself, the chairman, Vince McMahon.
5: Vincent Kennedy McMahon.
0: He will be. He will be our final episode. Um, there's a lot to talk about with Vince, so that one's gonna be a very special episode. That one might be our longest episode because there's a lot to talk about with Vince. So it's gonna be a great show. Um, so thank you guys so much for coming out to Talking Elite. Um, Connor, any announcements before we sign off the air tonight?
4: Uh. I see there was one comment. they are in their interview soon. October 4th, uh, former WWE star and impact, or TN, former TNA star and WWE star, the Pope, a lot of work will be on here. Uh, hour before dynamite, 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I mean, that's really the only announcement I got.
0: All right. Well, that's going to do it for Talking Elite tonight, guys. Thank you, everybody, so much for watching. Make sure you guys check us back next week at 7 Central on Thursday night. It'll be back to Thursdays, I promise. Sun Central Thursday night. Catch us for the Hulkamaniac episode of Dark Side of the All Lead Zone podcast. Thank you again to everybody listening at home. Thank you, Connor, Emily. Like one of my best friends says, and good night.